Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the smartest guys in the room. The subtitle of this book is The Amazing Rise and Scandalous Fall of Enron. When it comes to energy companies, the first thing that comes to mind are companies such as ExxonMobil and Royal Dutch Shell. However, in the 1990s, there was also a world-renowned energy company at this time, the seventh-largest company in the United States. It was selected as America's most innovative company by Fortune for six consecutive years from 1996 to 2002. Its name was Enron. Enron was established in 1985. It was a company that represented the American dream. Its market value soared from $10 billion to $65 billion in 16 years. However, this dreamy business empire collapsed overnight. It only took 24 days for it to declare bankruptcy after being exposed. Afterward, Enron's bankruptcy triggered a series of domino effects in which 20,000 employees lost their jobs. A $2 billion pension fund turned to ashes and the authoritative Arthur Anderson that provided auditing services for Enron had their business license revoked. What caused this energy tycoon to go bankrupt? What lessons can be learned? The smartest guys in the room will fill you in all about it. In the book, Bethany McLean and Peter O'Kind used various secret documents and information from lots of well-informed people. They spent 16 months on investigation and interviews. They opened Enron's closed gate for us, revealing Enron's internal working methods and decaying corporate culture. This book is also one of the 75 must-read business books recommended by Fortune. This book has two authors, Bethany McLean and Peter O'Kind who are both senior editors at Fortune. McLean was an analyst at Goldman Sachs. In 2001, she published the article Is Enron Overpriced which was the first article to openly question Enron's transactions. It was also this article that triggered the final exposure of Enron's series of scandals. Ilkind is a writer who previously worked for the Washington Post. Next, we will share this book with you in the following four parts. The first part, The Rise of Enron. The second part, Tradition and Counter-Speculation, Enron loses itself in huge profits. The third part, profit-oriented Enron drops from its peak and declines. The fourth part, financial and audit departments collectively keep silent, financial loopholes grow larger, leading to bankruptcy. First, let's take a look at the first part, the rise of Enron. To understand the rise of Enron, we need to go back to the second half of the last century. On one hand, Traditional oil exporting countries were imposing an oil embargo. And on the other hand, the United States was also restricting domestic production. Natural gas which was once a derivative of oil gradually became a dominant new energy option due to the outbreak of the oil crisis, and also because of its rich reserves, low prices, and the fact that it burns much cleaner than coal or oil. However, the natural gas industry needed to set up transportation pipelines, yet the cost was relatively expensive. The government decided to gradually relax the control of the natural gas market and let the market exert its power. The strategy attracted a large amount of interest, including Enron's former CEO Ken Lay. Since adolescence, 
Lay has pursued the idea of the American dream. Poverty accompanied him throughout his childhood, which caused him to have an almost paranoid pursuit of fame and money. In school, he studied all the way up to achieve a PhD degree in economics. On his career path, he accumulated a wide network of contacts and became well-connected. After working at the Pentagon for several years, his desire for success prompted him to move from politics to business. His previous impressive resume and network resources helped him to gain a firm foothold at Houston Energy Company. He later became the company's president and CEO. In 1985, Lay successfully merged Houston Energy Company with InterNorth by taking advantage of its internal disorder. At that time, InterNorth had more than three times the business capacity of Houston Energy Company. It also owned an important natural gas transmission line running between the North and South. After the merger, the new company was officially named Enron. Its assets were close to $12 billion, and its 37,500-mile pipelines went across East and West and North to South. There was a new star rising in the natural gas market. Lay also fulfilled his dream by becoming the CEO of the company. After the merger, Enron did not limit its vision to the domestic arena. Rather, it actively explored overseas opportunities such as constructing a natural gas power plant in an industrial area called Teesside in the northeast of the United Kingdom. At that time, the United Kingdom still used coal as its main fuel. Natural gas power generation didn't receive public recognition, but there were still opportunities. The power plants in the Teesside industrial area were under state control. However, the then-British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher advocated free market economics. She needed a company that would cooperate with the British government to demonstrate the superiority of privatization. Soon, the Teesside project was approved. Enron was eagerly looking to gain support from various local interests, from chemical giants to members of the royal family. Despite these advantages, the Teesside project was still an unpromising and high-risk project. Natural gas suppliers set a deadline in the contract it signed with Enron. If Enron couldn't complete the electricity sales tasks on time, the supplier would tear up the contract. This move would have been a devastating blow to the Teesside project. Fortunately, Enron's overseas team was able to withstand the external pressure. On one hand, the engineering staff were working day and night ensuring that the power plant was not only completed on time, but also stayed within budget. On the other hand, Enron was also struggling to find orders. As the deadline approached, Enron could still not find a buyer. When everyone thought the project was about to be aborted, Enron pulled through and succeeded in signing four purchase and sales contracts four minutes before the deadline. This success encouraged all Enron's employees, and the Teesside project was carried out smoothly. The Teesside power plant was one of Enron's proudest projects of the 1990s. This project alone generated more than $100 million in profit for Enron. At that time, Enron also placed integrity and excellence into the company's values. It steadily developed its own natural gas pipeline business and grew to become a rising star and industry leader. That's all for the first part. Let's summarize together. A successful merger gave birth to Enron, a rising new star in the energy sector. After that, Enron actively explored overseas markets, overcame numerous obstacles, 
established the Teesside Power Plan in the United Kingdom, and created huge profits. With excellent opportunities and determination, Enron quickly rose. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.